Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. Multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half. How'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning and then 45 minutes later she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Here we go again. Thank you for coming back to join me on the Operator Podcast. I was able to read a lot of the comments. I put some stories out there asking what you want to talk about and some of my recent posts about certain stuff that happened, and I appreciate everyone's advice. Everyone sounds great. I've had some good come out of recent events, that being getting in touch with a lot of old friends, a lot of old Navy SEALs, some special operators. It is cool to hear from people and realize, I realize, and I'm sure you know this if you think about it too, we all have demons right now, and we've got to, it's okay to deal with them. I think the first step is admitting there are demons, which there are. We see them everywhere. Um, we see him here, we see him on TV and on social media, especially X, the artist formerly known as Twitter. And what are we going to do today? We want to, there's a lot of different things going around. I mentioned earlier in the week, actually it was mentioned to me earlier in the week that the Marine Corps lost an F-35 stealth fighter. Uh, and I think they found the wreckage to it and whatnot. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there because... I'm wondering if a lot – guy, dude ejected from the aircraft, and he was fine. The aircraft flew on autopilot for a while, so I'm just wondering uh, – you know, not pointing any fingers. I obviously wasn't there. But um, defects in the maintenance or in the electronics, are these planes even worth it? Um, are they way over budget, which the military usually does? Is it, Like I said, is it operator error? Who is the pilot? Uh, why did he make the decision? Very, very interesting to find out. I, w- I don't want anyone crashing in planes especially. I, you know, I have said before I wouldn't mind being on a – commercial aircraft that you know sort of crashes not cr- not like crash into a mountain where we just blow up and then and then uh you know they're just looking for a loose change for you but like because i'm convinced that people don't pay attention to the stuff that's around them there a lot of the herd mentality comes in ask yourself if you actually know how to put out a fire on a plane do you think you can open the emergency door on the plane do you know where i mean they they tell us to pay attention and, and please read the safety information provided in the seat and front seat back in front of you most people don't probably most people especially in that kind of a situation won't know how to open that i guarantee people will be standing up obviously screaming but trying to get their overhead luggage even though it's told don't get your overhead luggage i guarantee people don't know how to use the oxygen mask when they come down they do tell passengers that you should use the oxygen first and then put it on a loved one next to you. That's for obvious reasons. If you're messing around putting someone else's on and you black out, you're not really anybody's, um, you're not going to help anybody. Get yours on first, get theirs on. And just because there's not a a full bag doesn't mean the oxygen is not flowing after you give it a little tug there. I, uh, I listen to that stuff too. And I find it, I don't want to crash on a plane, but I don't, I, I really don't think people would, uh, a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't handle it that way. I think you're going to try to, um, Get, I think they'll get into the normal flight or fight mode where you just kind of go on autopilot and the normality of things. I think people have a tendency to follow people but also stick with what they know. That's why muscle memory is so important in everything you do. That's why um, do everything like you do anything on the shooting range. You want to make sure you're doing everything the same over and over. How fast? What's the fastest point of how you reach for your pistol? Where is your pistol? Do you have a drop holster? Is it on your belt? Is it in your... Um, Rhodesian chest vest could be up there. How do you reach it? Primary, secondary, do you even carry a secondary? When you shoot, what do you do? How do you move? You know, muscle memory. I think muscle memory in a crappy situation like a plane crash would be stand up, um, 
reach in the overhead, get all your uh, tricks and trinkets that you have in there that no one knows, but got their security, and then uh, get off. You know, you're not supposed to grab anything at all. What you're supposed to do is open the door again, and then if, if you're in the emergency exit, help people out. The story on Sully when he put down uh, United Air Flight, when they went out of LaGuardia and uh, had a bird strike on both engines there's a when you when you turn over manhattan you've got a possibility of a private runway called teterboro it's in new jersey you can see ewr newark international airport you can turn back to laguardia maybe reach jfk who knows they're all right here but he couldn't make it and he had to take it down in the hudson which is uh, shady at best you're not supposed to be able to do that i guess you can do it if you're a good pilot and there's good weather with with which there was and sully Sullenberger, you know, put it down. His job as a captain was to stay on. As he's, he's, he, uh, pilots like to stay calm, and it's very good because calm is contagious. If if you can portray calm, you can make people calm. Doesn't matter what you feel like inside. If you portray calm, you look calm. People will calm down. If you portray someone freaking the fuck out, you're going to freak people out. You're going to people will scream with you. But his job is to help people out onto the planes. And, and some people are going through muscle memory, you know, getting stuff out of the overhead. But I guess one guy went to the rear head, the rear shitter, and he came out and he was in his boxer shorts. And Sully looked at him and said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, um, aren't we going swimming? So the guy in his mind thought he was going swimming, so he had to get down to something to swim in, even though it was like January in the Hudson. It's going to be cold. But that's the fight or flight mode that some people get into. Um that's why you want to be good at everything. That's like playing basketball. You want to have your routine for um, free throws the same every time because it's different to shoot free throws in an empty gym than it is with a crowd around you, uh, especially in Serbia, apparently. You should see those uh, those Serbian games get nuts, man. It's like they let the soccer hooligans in and they just didn't stop jumping around. <laughs> but, yeah, um, that's the uh, airplane-type stuff that we're talking about, how you're going to respond to certain things. Where's the fire hydrant in your house? Make sure you know where it is. Make sure your kids know where it is and stuff like that. And speak, you know. Then we need to discuss today. I'm trying to be in a much better mood than I am. Uh, again, I would like some solutions. Solutions to a lot of things because <clears throat> I, I was reading about the debt today because we're starting to get into numbers that we're spending so much money. And by we, I mean the government. The government thinks that the way that they can handle debt is to keep raising taxes and the way that they keep not the best informed voters to keep voting for Democrats is saying, well, they're just tax cuts for their wealthy, which um, the wealthy are paying the highest percentage of um, the, 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 they're paying the most taxes, uh, the income tax anyway. Every, everywhere you go, you're, you're paying taxes. Everywhere, when you buy gas, you're paying taxes. Your groceries are taxed. The, the, uh, <clears throat> there's tax on the gas that in the trucks that bring you all the stuff. So everything's taxed, but the government's answer is just to keep raising the debt season. And this is the time of year when we start hearing about a government shutdown and they all blame each other for the government shutdown. And we got to get up because right now the debt is over $33 trillion. It went over that, I think, Monday of this year. And we just say trillion like it's nothing. We say billion like it's nothing. We send billions to Ukraine to um, fight whatever's going on <clears throat> over there which we definitely need to get into that. But just to put the numbers in perspective, and I've done this before, if you were uh, counting, to give you an idea of how much counting is, um, how, how big these numbers are, if you, if you were counting one number every second uninterrupted without breaks for sleep, without breaks for eating, or just living, you know, living your life, it, it would take you 11 days, 13 hours, 46 minutes, and 40 seconds to count to a million. So it's 11 days of your life. A million dollars, it's a lot. A lot of days to count it. If you were counting one number per second, again, without breaks, no sleeping, no eating, it would take you 31 years, 251 days, 6 hours, 50 minutes, and 46 seconds to get to a billion. So that's 31 years, bro. How old are you now? How much is that life of yours to count to a billion? And it's nothing for us to say, hey, another 50 billion to... Uh, Ukraine or six billion to Iran for five hostages. Let's get into that bad boy in a second too. And because trillion is the new forty, <laughs> whatever they say. Um, in order to count, if if you take those um, 
the numbers I gave you for a billion and multiply it by a thousand because they're clever, they go like that, I guess, right? It takes uh, 11.57 days to count to one million. Multiply that by a thousand to get to a billion, that will take you 31,007 years. Multiply that by a thousand, you got a trillion. That's how long it takes. We're just going to call counting to a trillion thr- by yourself, doing it a, a second at a time, it would take you 31,700 years. So that's a lot, 31,700 years to count to a trillion. That's the kind of money that we're throwing around um, because money is basically, they're treating it like it's nothing. Print, 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 spend, 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 and uh, that's what we're doing. And we are on, we're teetering on the brink of an economic meltdown that's threatening to wash away your savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Prices are spiraling out of control. Our money buys less and less, and Americans are incurring more debt just to stay afloat. You're, you budget your expenses carefully, but each trip to the grocery store feels like a wallet-pinching experience. Gasoline prices are spiking. That's going to spike how much your food costs, how much your uh, electricity costs. Your monthly bills are escalating. That's what inflation is, the silent evil force that eats away at your wallet and it takes away your purchasing power, even though politicians will will tell you different. Basic necessities are now unattainable luxuries. And when prices spiral out of control, they not only disrupt your ability to live day to day, they jeopardize your savings and your retirement. Know this, as your living expenses, all of them, rise higher than the income that your retirement savings can create, you will eventually run out of money. That's 101. Do not let this happen. Protect your retirement with gold. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for your family. It's a a safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. I do it, so take it from me. It's just financially smart for all of us to diversify our retirement accounts with gold and protect what we've worked so hard for. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, I would only trust the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get a load of this. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwiththeoperator.com today. That's protectwiththeoperator.com or give them a call 877. Sorry, give them a call at 844 844- Seven nine zero nine one nine one. That's eight four four seven nine zero nine one nine one. Don't wake. Take control of your retirement today. Call eight four four seven nine zero nine one nine one. One more time. Eight four four seven nine zero nine one nine one. Speak with one of their experts. They'll answer all your questions. It'll help you get started on a path to a more secure and prosperous retirement. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold by visiting protectwiththeoperator.com. And because it is always um, tax, not uh, sorry, not tax, it's always tax season too. I don't know if you know that. Paying taxes on everything. My One of my daughters has a job and she was a little upset with the money they took away from her. And it's like, honey, that's how you pay for free shit for everybody else that doesn't want to work. That's how it works. And, you know, I'm don't, it's not just the income tax, too, but there's a t- pretty much embedded taxes on everything. So, stuff is double and triple tax, different places, the gas tax. You can't really own property because you still have to pay, pay property tax forever, which means that, like you don't really own that. The government owns that. And that's kind of a way for them to hold it until they take it if you can't pay your property tax, which is a shame. And t- taxes, um, the, taxes are one of those things. They say life, death, and taxes <laughs> are the certainties. Uh, being born, death, and taxes, but they're going to keep going up on everything, and that's going to that's going to raise your prices. That's why stuff at the grocery store. One of the reasons stuff at the grocery store is so um, expensive, the inflation, is because the price of gas is going up because of different policies where they don't want to um, they don't want to drill. They want to shut down drilling, and they're they're going to spin it off as they don't want to cut down drilling or whatever. And then they're going to use climate change as an excuse. They call them fossil fuels, but I've been I've been hearing murmurs they're not fossil fuels. They're not they they get made from naturally from the uh, the middle of the earth. I've heard this, can't verify, <laughs> but you know someone back in the early '90s decided if we could uh, bring this up, say it's rare tax, that they could make a lot of money off it, and that's that's it. But they raise the prices because of supply and demand. And for some reason, I don't understand 
why we don't get our own oil. We can get our own oil and it's made cleaner here than anywhere else in the world. And it's still the same world. So if we're importing from different countries like, I don't know, Venezuela, Iran, Saudi Arabia, they're making it dirtier. It's worse for the environment. So we're not doing anything except not pumping our own and becoming beholden to them. And that's all that happened. And if you really care about your envi- environment, you might want to bring that up. Hey, Venezuela is not exactly caring. India, India doesn't really care how they do it. Saudi Arabia, certainly. I mean, we've been kissing their butts forever because they have a toehold on the, uh, the oil, OPEC, all that stuff. We have more of it here, up, you know, all around Texas, out off the coast, and then up in, uh, up in Alaska. It's, it's crazy that we'll, they're talking about eyesores when we drill out in the ocean, but they put those big-ass uh, windmills that I don't, I don't even really have a thought on windmills. They seem like a big waste of time because they can create energy, right? It, can they or not? You can correct me, but uh, they can't, you can't really store wind energy, I don't think, so I need, the wind needs to be blowing all the time, and they're killing a lot of whales, I think. The, whatever they're doing, however they're setting it up, because a lot of whales are getting beached off the east coast of the country, and that's sad, and you would think a lot of uh, environmentalists would be up in arms over that, but you don't hear much from Greenpeace. They're all, they, they've are all they been known for save the whales, which they should. I mean, we shouldn't be killing whales. The, the Well, not we. Humans shouldn't be killing whales the way that they are in some places. Um, I, you know, I was part of the problem once I actually had whale. in um, I ate whale for dinner in Norway. Uh, I wouldn't do it again, I don't think, just because, like I'm saying, with the process, but I had whale, and someone asked me, was it fishy? I'm like, why would it be fishy? It's a mammal. But that's that, and, uh, you know, it, people have a tendency to go up in arms and have all their um, their activism in certain spots that only fit their agenda. They don't think that the, the uh, oil is uh, bad from Venezuela, but we can't do it in Alaska, and we could become Indian. In, in, in energy independence, we drain our strategic oil reserves so that politically, like everything else, is a political decision. We drain those to try to lower the price of oil just so the inflation thing, and maybe they can get on there and yap about how great and awesome this president is, the best, most popular president in the history of the world. But uh, the taxes is where we got at with this, and it's going to get more expensive. Everyone gets affected by the price of energy, and that's why cars are so expensive right now. And then houses are expensive, too, because uh, interest rates are going up because that's yet, again, another way the Fed wants to try to relieve some of the debt and the deficit. But if we keep spending the way we are, that's not going to happen. And we'll get to a point where the ta- your money, your taxpayer money, is not paid towards paying down the debt. It's just paying on the interest and not even quite that much. And a lot of our debts overseas, like I said, we're buddy-buddy with Saudi Arabia even though 15 and 19 hijackers on 9-11 were from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And then Iran, for some reason, we're, we love it. One, one side more than the other loves Iran and believes them that um, they're only going to use their nuclear energy for good, not for evil, even though they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Iran's not good. They, and they play every side, too. Iran's huge with the... The enemy of my enemy is my friend. They don't like us. They don't care for Sunnis. They're Shia. They don't really like Al-Qaeda. But there's a safe haven, sort of, for Al-Qaeda in Iran. There was when we were in Afghanistan before that big debacle ended. And they were taking, uh, obviously, the this Shia, a lot of stuff from Iran going into Iraq on the Shia side. And Iran's basically running the, uh, the government in Iraq because, as we all know, Saddam was a Sunni. They fought a war to a... One foot standstill for a while. They don't really like him, but if it's to go against the great Satan, which would be the United States of America, or the little Satan, which would be Israel, um, they're going to do what they do in the money we give them. I, I, I don't know why you give them $6 billion for five hostages, too. For some reason, the Democrats love to give a lot of cash to Iran. What? So hit me in the comments, at Mahuya. Hit me in the comments at The Operator Podcast and tell me why is that, that we love pumping money into Iran knowing what they're doing. And look how cocky they get out there uh, trying to take over ships, shooting at ships. There's bullet holes in ships out there, these little uh, elite Republican guard. I love when they say elite Republican guard. All right. But like the explosively formed uh, penetrators they were using as IEDs, that's when a bomb goes off and it has a metal plate that gets blasted so fast it, it, it turns into a penetrator, shoots through Humvees, through legs, through bodies, kills Americans. A lot of those came in from Iran yet. We love sending the money. And then you'll hear people on the left say, uh, well, it's their money. 
It's, it was their money. We're just unfreezing it. Yeah, we took it from them as a punishment because we said no, 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 and we took their money. And now six hostages for – I think it's $6 billion. I'll look that up. But that's that's it. We'll throw money around for government agencies. Right now in some major cities there's actually government-run grocery stores for the underachievers because – Grocery stores are leaving in droves because of the trickle-down effect. They, the, people don't like to agree the trickle-down effect doesn't work. They say in capitalism the trickle-down effect doesn't work. Uh, in crime, it does. If you start to say defund the police and that's your thing and make morale so bad for police, prosecute police for doing their job, putting body cameras on police so you can see them in Monday morning, morning quarterback, they're not going to police as much they're not going to people that aren't police aren't are, are not going to want to be police. They're really good police, even though they might be able to retire, going to leave the police forces. You get some bad eggs in there, and uh, other people that realize everything now is being recorded. No one, especially the media, is on the cop side. So uh, why would you want to do it? Cashless bail. The DA is not going to keep you overnight. What's going to happen? Crime's going to rise. I mean, it doesn't. You don't need to be a genius with a capital J to figure that shit out. It's going to rise. People are going to steal stuff, and they're doing it. You've seen the videos. People walking in filling up their stuff and leaving. And then there's certain stores that prosecute any employee that tries to pursue them. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to leave. So, dun, 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 here comes the government. They're going to save you. The government's going to save you. Have, you. have you ever seen the government-run stuff? What kind of a government-run grocery store would that be? And there's still going to be crime there, right? People are going to go steal it. But is it going to be all government cheese and, like, beer, flavored beer, the white label with the black beer? And like um, you get like the generic stuff, honey bunches of house or whatever, and that's going to get stolen too, right? Who's going to run it? Government employees are going to run it, and they're no fun to work with. Picture when they always talk about free health care for all. Well, you're going to pay for that, and it's going to suck. If you've never been to a VA, you probably can't relate to. Not that again, the doctors and the primary care, they work well. The, the ones that I've seen in the VA have been good. The doctors, some of the techs, not so much. Some of the administrative people, not so much. I've had money in wallet a watch stolen at the VA that was returned when I mentioned I would be on TV and talk about this. And I, you know, here's your names, file the report. That's, that's that. But when the government gets involved with stuff, you bring in government workers who are pretty bad because they know they can't get fired. And that's part of the, you know, the reason for everything. Now you want to downsize the government in order to save the debt, but we can't do that because you can't fire anybody. But if you've never been to a VA and you really want to know if you, what it's like to have government run anything, you probably have been to the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles. And I don't know one person who doesn't dread that trip. I don't know one person who doesn't spend a long time making sure all of their documents are in order because the person working behind the counter wants nothing more than to tell you no. And people that are dicks love to say no. People who have been outranked or victims their whole lives and now they're in a position of power. And I'm talking about the gate guard, E1 at a base, trying to get on. If they can tell you no, they will, and they're in charge. It is kind of funny when you see an officer's wife get out because you didn't salute the car. Because, you know, enlisted people have a red sticker on their car, meaning they're enlisted, and officers have blue. And when technically you learn in boot camp that if you see an officer, well, if you see an officer, you salute them if you're in uniform. That's for obvious reasons. But if you see their car, especially in boot camp, people salute their cars, which I always thought was stupid because he's sitting in his car. But officers' wives sometimes get out of the gate guard because the gate guard didn't salute the wife. <laughs> hey, honey, just because you're fucking an officer doesn't make you an officer. <laughs> just because you're a frog hog doesn't make you a Navy SEAL. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, they will say no, and that's what we're getting with uh, as far as government-run grocery stores because we're running out of stuff to... Uh, Stuff to put there because the capitalist part of it isn't going to work because the uh, defund the police, Democrat idea, even though they'll say that was never idea, and then you play them the the outtakes of them literally saying defund the police. And no, that wasn't us. It's a mostly, post mostly peaceful protest as the building's burning down behind you because the good news is they can say anything they want on TV and politicians can say whatever they want to because the media owns them or they own the media. Here's your talking points for the day. You'll notice a lot of similarities between different newscasts. Uh, a lot of stuff to keep people um, under their control. The taxes are going to get worse, too. We're seeing it now. If you watch, a lot of the news 
places are based out of New York City. And so they, they report on a lot of the local stuff. And, and they're reporting in New York that you you got to be able to look into the future. What they're doing because of the shitty policies of this administration, everyone from everywhere is coming across here because they know they're going to get free stuff. Almost to the point where now up in the Northeast, they're saying, well, maybe we can just op- you can open your house for some migrants. First of all, I hate they're calling them migrants. Let's go ahead and call them invaders. Because if you see a group of military-aged men walking across an open border, don't tell me the border's open. Don't tell me you're enforcing Trump's policies because you're not. Everyone around the world knows they can get here, and not everyone is getting here for the right reason. So a lot of these people are getting bussed to New York, and they're, now it's like New York, Mayor Adams is yelling at Mayor uh, Abbott in, in um, or sorry, Governor Abbott in Texas saying that that's so racist that they're sending buses of migrants invaders up to New York and now the streets are covered in a lot of these migrants and they don't know what to do. I mean, they're at the point right now at the border where parents are shoving their kids under razor wire. So the border patrol will come over and cut them out of the razor wire. That's first of all, pretty bad parenting, but second of all, it shows what we're willing to do. Then they bring them in, feed them, clothe them and all that, bring them to New York, feed them, clothe them. They were giving them hotels up there and Xboxes and the place were just nice hotels were being destroyed by these invaders. They would go up there, do drugs, that's where the fentanyl's coming from, too, across the border. And that stuff's bad, but it's coming there. That's a national security issue. You know we have terrorists coming across the border, too, with bad bad things in mind. Dudes from China are coming over that work for the uh, the Chinese army, and they're setting stuff up. Not, I mean, when China I, I've invades Iran, it's going to be pretty good for them to have some sleeper cells here just to know where to hit. Because if you can hit people there that might be trying to fight over in uh defend Taiwan, even though I'm not sure we will with this administration. You're, you, if people over here are getting attacked, my mind wouldn't be on fighting there. It'd be on getting home because now they're in the homeland. We used to have the advantage of the two oceans, one on each side. There's the Atlantic and then the, that other specific ocean. But now we let people in across the border. And your taxes are going to go up because you know what's going to happen in a lot of these places. A lot of these migrants are going to go to these schools, but we're not worried about teaching them English, are we? And they're not all speaking Spanish, are they? They're speaking different ones, and these lovely leftist, um, these lovely leftist policies, well, just bring a translator for each student that needs it. So let's just teach them in every language they come in here with it. So they're coming in here. I know that a lot of people just love, love vaccines, not just COVID, but all vaccines. They're coming without them. Who knows what kind of good stuff they can bring in with them. Classes, classes are, are um, very, very crowded. Uh, and all these low-income people that don't speak the language, uh, I mean, who knows what kind of uh, incidents can happen there. A lot, a lot of people coming over are not the best people. There could be fights there. It's going to crush education, public education for sure. It's going to crush it. Nothing is free because we're trying to give them everything free, but no, it's what you're paying, what comes out of your paycheck, my daughter's paycheck, and these dipshits on Capitol Hill spend it on whatever they want because there are no term limits, and they won't ever retire. They love their power. Free stuff, when they call it free stuff, free education, get rid of the student loan, all that does is hurt working people. You got to get that through your head. It hurts these working people, and they still vote Democrat. What's going on here? Progressive ideas hurt us everywhere. And they know this, too. That's why... That's why there's all this, uh, yes, it's bad for the taxes, it's horrible for the debt and for inflation, it's hurting everyone, it's going to hit worse too. But that's why all the stuff is happening in the schools too. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a downer over here, but this is what's happening. This is what the communists said they were going to do by taking over the media, taking over entertainment, taking over the schools, because you cannot have communism without the kids. Indoctrinate them when you got them, they're going to grow up to be communists because it sounds great and they don't realize they're the useful idiots until communism has finally taken over. It's never worked before and it won't work again. But some reason, a lot of these politicians, they're sending for the communists. That's why the teachers are in. Keeping the kids confused and keeping the kids scared is a way to do it. Um, net zero by then. The, the sky, the, the, the places is burning. The places is burning. The, every, the places are burning. The, the planet's on fire. If you can keep the kids sexually confused and scared, you're, you're going to be owning them. Scare them with climate change. It works. It's communism 101. Even listening to people, I might have brought this up last uh, week when I was talking to Tage. It makes sense to some people. I brought up what Rob Reiner said about the election, okay, because they always say to defend democracy. We need to defend democracy. So in order to defend democracy, Trump needs to be in jail. We need to vote for Biden, and there needs to be no third candidate. 
now look at fascism. He's, we, we're not going to save democracy by installing fascism. And they know, too, it's not, they're not, it's not like they're in love with Joe Biden. There's rumblings right now because, I mean, I would love to see a Trump-Biden debate now, especially in a year. I mean, that, that's going to be – I mean, I already feel, feel sorry for, for Joe Biden because I don't think he can put a sentence together and he, he's not going to be able to read any cards. The media is going to – well, they're trying to save face, too, because I think the media is so far into it that it doesn't really matter which Democrat gets involved. The system that's in behind it, a lot of the attorneys – and a lot of the government agencies are behind it, so they'll be able to still have the whatever puppet they put in there to sign the uh, executive orders that'll get rid of everything that works for the country so that we can become communists. I mean, and and like I said, people there are people that go down down the list, R's, go the down, down the list voting for D's, and that's all they've done because that's all they know. But the thing that's working now is people won't vote differently until... They experience it themselves. There have got to be people in some of these tent cities that realize the democratic policies are not working. You've got to realize being nice and handing out clean places to shoot up doesn't take the shit off the streets that's on there. People pooping in the streets, it's not, uh, it's not good. Next week, food stamps are going to cost $250 billion. Where's, uh, where's that coming from? They left the workforce. That's why COVID was around. Leave the workforce. That's why... Um, Employ- necessary employees that they had that could stay open like Amazon and liquor stores. Keep them, keep them watching shit, ordering shit and drinking. They're not going to pay attention to what we're doing over here. And everything's going to go up. Like I said, the grocery, you're seeing them. There, there are more jobs right now available than there are people who need jobs, but a lot of people won't work because um, why would you? If you can, if you're comfortable getting paid to do nothing, why would you do anything? So, uh, illegal, but illegal immigration is actually, actually mugging a lot of people with reality because you're starting to see it, you're starting to feel it in those schools, in those school boards too. And the, the school boards are no better, but uh, parents are showing up. I mean, people still get arrested for yelling at um, for yelling at the school board. Now they're messing with your food because they're trying to keep you scared for climate change. They're messing with your food to get to net zero. They, I don't even know where they came up with net zero. I heard it was. Uh, it was a group of like one of those uh, test groups that you put together, and they came up with net zero by twenty fifty or something like that. Um, yeah, so a lot of that trickles down, and a lot of it's because of government. And the way, the only way we're going to get it is uh, term limits and spending limits and getting rid of the swamp. But you can't get rid of the swamp because the swamp's in charge of everything. And the only way to get term limits is to get lawmakers to vote on term limits. Do you think they're going to do that when they got the the sweet ends on all the stock prices? There are some there are some good people in there that really think that the the um the Congress should not be able to play the market, but there's a lot of them that don't because they know what they're doing. They sure make some good uh good calls over and over again, so good on them for staying consistent, smart, keeping up with Wall Street. But I'm I'm not trying to um, you know, pick on one side or the other two. I I think I think a lot of politicians on both sides are kind of out of touch. They, I saw a thing with an interview. Uh, Fox and Friends went to Chuck Grassley's place. He's a, he's a, a senior senator, uh, Republican. And like he just celebrated his 90th birthday, and that's awesome, man. And he looks healthy. He sounds great, too. But that's basically the only institution where you're going to stay that long because it's, it's, it's turned into a retirement home. And who wouldn't want to? I've been to Capitol Hill quite a few times, and it, it's neat. The history's great. Uh, there's haunted... Rooms and stuff that I believe there's there's people in there, ghosts in there and the like. Um, and it is cool to walk the halls, the secret tunnels, but there's so many damn people there. You see all the staffers that are making the decisions and they they're on the minute by minute. And they don't you know, they're just talking to whom they need to speak and all that stuff. And, and you see the staffers, see the congressmen and, and it's a. Uh, it's something, but that's where your money goes and it needs to. Uh, that's where a lot of decisions are made, too, as far as other stuff like um even though my favorite football team was near Washington, D.C., the Washington Redskins, the game, the, the, the name Redskins was changed because I think a lot of people from Washington thought that Native Americans should be offended. Every Native American I've spoken with is not offended by the name the Redskins. I grew up with the Redskins. I can't stand the name the Commanders. Take command is not what I like. I did like messing with a uh, when the, when they had Hail to the Redskins, uh, the, the greatest song Beethoven ever wrote. Uh, messing with some Cowboys fans, and I said, "Dude, hail to the Redskins! You're the Dallas Cowboys. You don't have a uh, a song. What is it?" And they go, "Oh yeah, we do. It's called the National Anthem." I was like, "Touche, very, very good." Cowboys are pretty classy, man. I've been down there for a few, 
a couple times, and I've had bad experiences in Texas, but I've had overwhelmingly good experiences in Texas too. But those are the. It's usually the the uh, attorney white liberal who gets offended by the stuff like when they change the name of the Cleveland Indians overnight to the Cleveland Guardians. Like I don't think they even told anybody. And Indians fans are just awesome because well, f- first of all, they put up with shit because they live in Cleveland, and the Indians weren't great until recently, and then that was good for them. And then just to take. The Indians away from them. It's just, it's just stupid. Um, but they, they do, they do that stuff. They get offended by stuff. There's a, there's a, no, sorry. They pretend they're offended by stuff, and they actually pay people. When you get up into the Soros level stuff, they're actually paying people to pretend they're activists. I, I noticed, like during, uh, during different campaigns, like a veteran is running against a non-veteran and the non-veteran who's not popular with the military will probably have, pay like two dudes that were veterans or something. And they stand there and they explain why they love this guy or whatever they do. But, uh, it's usually, usually the liberals trying to make sure the leftist too. They, um, the leftists definitely want us against each other, in each other's throats. They know if there's confusion and hatred among all of us for different things, like we're supposed to be one-sided, on everything and then hate the other guy. Like even if you're on if you're on the right and you say something, maybe crazy people shouldn't be able to buy guns. That the the, the far right will start to hate you. If if you say you like shotguns for home defense, the right side will hate you. You gotta you gotta stay where you are and everything. But a lot of times the far left are the ones that think everyone should be offended. They're the ones that pay a lot of people. But no, as far as I know, there's a there is a uh, certain not a survey, but a poll or something. A survey going around if you'll sign that they want the name of the Washington Redskins backwards. I think most people do. I do personally. I, again, I don't know what it's like to feel um, offended by uh, by that, but that's that. But speaking of, of uh, white leftists, that they want to, there was there was an event that was canceled in Highland Park in um, Illinois at a country club. And it's one of the, Highland Park is one of the richest areas in the country. I guess the the uh, yearly salary doubles the normal salary for people. But they were going to have um, a, a thing at, at the country club of all places where white people could go in there and feel – they could simulate uh, what it's like to be poor, I guess. And it was like two and a half hours. I don't know what you do in there to simulate being poor because, like, you can – two and a half hours is nothing. I can eat dirt for two and a half hours, right? Uh, live in a swamp. But they're going to go in there to the country club, and I guess you got to – I don't know. Wait, uh, wait two and a half hours before they let you have your clams casino and uh, your escargot and tell you some of your crappy dad jokes to your friends. <laughs> rough, rough. Have a have, have a smooth uh, mai tai or whatever you drink. Uh, maybe a martini if you're good. But their their uh, response was, "Oh no, no, it's it's a public course. It's like you're having it at a country club to uh, <laughs> to." Show each other what it's like to be poor. I mean, are you going to drive your nanny's uh, Lexus that you bought her to it so you know you're not taking the Range Rover or whatever? But the simulation is almost insulting. It's like it's like when a lot of the a lot of the liberals say that you shouldn't need ID to vote because some people just aren't smart enough to get IDs. Now, first of all, that's pretty insulting to that group of people that they're uh, saying can't do it. They can't figure out the internet. Just trying to keep a loophole in the way that they get the votes run, and and that's another that's a, a much bigger topic. But yeah, Highland Park was doing that. Let's let's get together, feel good about ourselves, and uh, we'll know what it's like to be poor before we um, have the dudes that are making the greens clean and mowing and stuff and feeding us uh, delicious burritos at the halfway house. Get them back to work, by howdy. And uh, like even when um, Martha's Vineyard is a gun-free zone, but when the migrants were bust up there. They kept them there for one meal and shipped them off, and they were just lying to themselves. We're just happy that these migrants are on their journey. We're helping them on their journey. Silly little rascals. And um, I look up history on certain dates because it's kind of nice you can have stuff that that went down whenever. And so Wednesday, September 20th, September 20th in history was uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell from the Clinton administration which is a policy regarding the service of homosexuals in the military. It was cur- God. The term was coined by President Clinton in 1993, signed a law, regulations, policy, blah, blah, blah. Basically, you weren't allowed to, to be gay in the military, but don't ask, don't tell me you can be gay, but you can't be flamboyant. Is what they were saying. 
And that was a big push for um, for the left. I mean, it's fair. I don't think you should be be excused from military service because of your sexual preference. So we're well past that now. Um, and now we're getting into the woke stuff. Obviously, we talked about what they're doing and how they're recruiting from drag queens to other stuff that I don't think is important. Uh, because we're losing sight of what the military needs to do. Our Navy needs to be strong. Because a war with China that I hope doesn't happen is going to be a lot of it in the ocean. They've got advanced technologies that can shoot down carrier groups, which is scary. I know we have countermeasures to fight them too, but the, you know everything from these new generations of weapons to hypersonic missiles to uh, microwaves, scary, scary stuff. I hope it doesn't happen. And we, I mean, still... Uh, General Milley is still saying he doesn't know exactly what uh, woke policies are. Um, he's not even sure what the word truly means. I mean, it's not it's not that difficult. Woke is when you're wasting resources and stuff that doesn't need to. They're they're pissed still right now. There's argues about the budget because some uh, on the right don't think the military should be paying for flights and lodging and meals for a woman to fly to a different state where she can get an abortion. The military shouldn't be funding that. Um, healthcare obviously should be funded by the military. I think that's a little out of line. You just happen to live in a state where the uh, Supreme Court gave the call back to the states, which is the way it works, and that's just tough. I don't think that the taxpayer should be paying for your abortion. Uh, also, <clears throat> I don't think the taxpayer should be paying for your transition to another gender. That also, General Milley, is wokeism. Trying to pay for that stuff is wokeism because it's not something the military needs to be spending on. With the amount of money we spend on useless things, that's one of them too. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't transition. I'm just saying I don't think it should be a priority for the military and it shouldn't be uh, paid for by the taxpayers. Either one. And it's just, um, the, you know, the, the Supreme Court read the Supreme Court that way and gave it to the states, which they should. But the military is big into that. And I, I saw it too before I was leaving. Uh, all kinds. Of, they got a bulletin board with the plan of the day in every... There's a certain amount in every place from a hospital to a, a military base to a ship that needs to have stuff posted. Commander's comments, stuff like that. What his vision is for the command and all this stuff too. And it, it talks about, uh, <clears throat> you know, how to act in an office, how to not sexually assault, which is good. I mean, for me too, that just kind of seems normal but i know there's not normal people out there but you shouldn't be assaulting people or unnecessary ad advances to people yeah there's frolicking in the military but i mean if you do it with uh, consensual actions then there's that but obviously i mean you get you start getting people this close together bad stuff happens and we're at an age where an accusation is all you need to get someone screwed but, you know, people need to be smart about being stupid, too. I mean, if you follow, like, it's the same thing with telling the truth. If you tell the truth, you don't need to remember a lie. It should be pretty simple. That's how I roll, too. And, you know, call me crazy, but if the opposite sex says no, it doesn't mean maybe. It says no. should be pretty easy. No. Okay, well, the offer stands. I'll just put it away. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's where we're at. Don't ask, don't tell there. That's a good thing. I personally, too, I like to try to keep it simple. Like when they said... Uh, well, how do you take down houses that big? Is Well, if the guy in front of me goes right, I go left. We keep doing that over and over. Master the basics. You can be good at it. Know what the truth is. Shouldn't be wrong. Well, I mean, we're at a point now where we get prosecuted for telling the truth. Um, we get, there's, a, there's a thing in Virginia Beach now. Um, I don't know which council it was, but our beer, Armed Forces Brewing Company, opened a brewery in Norfolk, Virginia, in the Ghent part. And... The CEO, Alan Beal of Armed Forces Brewing Company, went down there to try to get a letter of recommendation from the something Norfolk um, Ethics, no, Civics Bureau. I don't know what it was. It's like a, it's a group of people that sit around and they're in charge of civics. But I don't think they know what the definition of ci civics is, per se, but... They gave us a, a non-recommendation non letter because they don't like us because they don't like our values. And our values, apparently, allegedly, I wasn't there. I think they're kind of dumb. But um, they said that our values because I tweeted out one time that I won't work with pedophiles. I thought that was a pretty safe stance to take regardless of which side you're on. I don't want to work with pedophiles that are not welcome around me, okay? That's it. I don't, I don't approve of adults sexually assaulting and raping kids that's just me 
It's not just me. It should be all of us, damn it. But they didn't like that because they said just the way the left will spin stuff. Oh, I'm calling all drag queens and homosexuals a pedophile. Not even close to what I said. I said I don't want to work with pedophiles. I also don't want their certificate of endorsement. I don't think people that think kitty diddlers are okay, um, I want to work with. I don't want to work with those clowns. But anyway, set some news down there in Virginia. I am going to travel. I traveled quite a bit last week. I gave a couple speeches in uh, <coughs> down to Illinois. I did one in Ohio. Um, been having a lot of fun there. I, li- I love getting out and meeting America because crazy as it sounds, most people are good. Most people agree. Most people, when we see the ridiculous stuff that the mainstream media tells us is normal, and we know damn well it's not normal when they tell us something is true, even though it's not, we all know what's true. We all know um, it's odd when a presidential election has more voters than we have registered voters. I mean, don't say that out loud because you are the, uh, you're the problem. You're the radical. White supremacy is the problem in this in this whole this whole getup, so um, yeah. Anyway, that's true. The, the, but yeah, my thing with the don't ask, don't tell. We always. I mean, we. I knew damn well I served with some gay dudes, and I'm fine with that. I don't care what you are, if, if as long as you can carry me if I'm shot. As long as if if my guys get shot, if you can help me carry them out, get them back to their family. That's all I care about. They're making way too many emotional and personal and sexual decisions in the military when they shouldn't, and. Um, Stop playing dumb if you're a, a four-star admiral. Just tell the truth. What are they going to do, not give you your fifth star? Well, you know, you might not get that job with uh, Lockheed Martin or whatever, or whatever company is getting funded by the big dogs, the Black Rocks and Vanguard and stuff like that because they're making sure you're woke. I don't know what their gig is, too. At the end of the day, it's got to be power. <laughs> but the good news is I really do, along with going around the country, talking to so many people, seeing all the good people. I'm talking, like, in the heartland, like kids who – Look you in the eye and take their hats off when they shake your hand. That's good stuff. They're still out there. There's still, still good parenting out there, but we always need good parenting. It is nice to see. I'm going to travel this week. Not going to tell you where. It's going to be a surprise, but I'll get some videos out there to you. It's different traveling now than it was in the military, though. I do like it. I get to see people in their natural environment, which is um, transit, airports, cabs, Ubers, public Transportation. I sometimes like public transportation. Getting around in trains and stuff, especially in Europe. That's that's how they roll. Um, New York's good for trains too. I, I haven't really taken a long train trip across the country for some reason. I want to. Like, Let's take a train, Jessica. And she's like, "Yeah, who's going to be your wife when you do all this train travel?" And I'm like, "Well, that wasn't very nice." But I kind of want to see it. I like the idea. Not not a big bus guy. Uh, I mean. Whenever someone else is driving, that's fine because you can read your book, plan your computer, do what you do, but their buses are, uh, you know, whatnot. And then flying's fine. I fly all the time. I'm getting ready to fly, like I said, right now. Um, another one that I like is ferries. They uh, Ferries everywhere. I, might, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but someone, uh, someone said to my wife, Jessica, one time, yeah, this because uh, she had a friend's father died of a heart attack on the water. And she's, you know, trying to make conversation. Said, "Well, at least he died doing what he loves." And I guess the wife said, "Commuting." Uh, my bad. But uh, ferries in Europe. I have a good ferry story in Europe. We we used to go over before nine eleven. We were doing all kinds of traveling. The global war on tourism and SEAL Team Two was generally um Europe. So we got to go around Europe quite a bit and it was fun doing um joint exercises with different countries seeing their culture go. I had a blast on Lithuania. I talked about that. My sister platoon went to Estonia and Latvia. Really cool cuz they were trying to get into NATO. So they're rolling out the red carpets. Got to Ukraine. Got to work with the corruption, which is awesome if you're on that end of it. Worked a lot with the special boat service. I got to tell some special boat service stories. I got to get some uh, some of my guys on here to interview too because they're just great dudes, hilarious dudes. Uh, th- a lot of good humor in the military, and each each branch, each type of special foreign forces, each unit has their own brand. It's always good to get mixed in with that. And it was, it, it was cool to have a coalition. Obviously, the NATO coalition when we had to go to Afghanistan to see some of those guys. The uh, the Brits, the SBS actually had the Shaky Shack. Over in Kandahar, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad place to be. You're gonna get in a shootout when you go out at night. But Kandahar was cool, sort of. I mean, you got uh, you got donuts, Tim Hortons. There's a Burger King and a Pizza Hut, little mud skating rink. <laughs> We're going to the 
Capades. The ice capades? No, the gravel capades. The turns aren't as sharp, but when Snoopy falls, funny. That was from Friends. I don't want to steal Joey's Thunder. Oh, that was Ross. No, it was Chandler. Anyway, but uh, yeah, the ferries. We're, uh, uh, we travel a lot and work. I've been to Norway a couple times, too. Awesome place. Those, are, those dudes are serious dudes to the Jaegers. The Marine Jaegers, man, they're great. They have the bong in their thing where you go to the Jaeger house, you got to drink it, it's five beers. Um, that's a cool place. Sign your name. I, I saw like Command Master Chiefs that were there, and their name was like Seaman Maddox or whatever the hell it was. But, uh, you know, we're all through Oslo up and down. Climbing some mountains, learn how to rock climb very cool. These guys are excellent alpine skiers for obvious reasons, and they can. Um, the only reason, like, they don't get a lot of action as far as fighting when we go fight is because they're governments. Do so they want to stay, uh, sort of stay out of it? They're great dudes, but great story we have up there is um, we travel over there before 9 11. We would do a, a, a platoon called a UCOM, which was cool because that's when I learned per diem. Per diem's good at just for the, uh, the cost of things around you, so you get a certain amount of money for day. For food per day, and uh, and you're still getting paid. So like, if you save up for the per diem, a lot of times what they would do is give you half up front and half at the end. That's good for a you know a 23 year old Navy SEAL enlisted guy to get that kind of cash, because you're going to use it for obvious stuff like a kick ass new race car, or some badass TV and sound system, because you're fucking loaded now, baby. But uh, Norway's fun. One of the funny stories about Norway too. The, there's a there's a there's a there's a reason in SEAL training they always say always have a swim buddy. Always do that too. It's not it's not good to go off by yourself. I've learned that recently. Have a swim buddy with you to make sure shit doesn't go sideways. Have a guy, have a swim buddy. It's instilled in us, and you should always do that. We had a dude. I want to say it was near uh, Christian Send Christian Send Norway. It's a little city over there on the coast, and and uh, he he you know single guy linked up with some chick, and um, ended up, I guess ended up leaving with her, which is fine and. We had a muster the next day, probably a Saturday. I want to say it was 10 a.m. because it was a Saturday. We had something going on over there. We we're going to meet in the lobby of the hotel or whatever. And uh, he's um, he's at the girl's house and said, you know, let's cook some breakfast. It'll be kind of nice. Make some coffee, have that, and then you can drive me to the unit or whatever the hell it was, the hotel, whatever they had set up. And uh, she said, oh, I can totally do that. I can totally cook you breakfast, but I can't drive you to your hotel I can totally cook breakfast. I can't. She's like, why can't you drive me? He's like, whoa, because you're not in Norway anymore. You are in Denmark. And Denmark is a different country. <laughs> so what that told me is he got a little liquored up. She wanted to go home and took him across that sea over to uh, whatever city's on the coast there. And he had a nice breakfast, got in a little bit of trouble. You know, you got to own that one. You got to kind of say what happened. Hopefully your platoon chief and your officer in charge don't get too pissy with you. But uh Trying to mind your bearings, keep your situational awareness. You got to look both ways across the sea when you're taking a ferry. Always keep your swim buddy next to you, and you're never out of the fight. 